And it sure is this candle burn And if you're lost Begged you Finished you Hello, welcome to Bridge Track by Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about Xana Lee from Chaos and Disorder. Recorded mid to late May in 1993 at Paisley Park, uh, released on the 6th of March 1995 um, as part of the Undertaker VHS and Laserdisc release. Um, and that was actually recorded on the 14th of June 1993. Um, and then Prince did um, some overdubs at the South Beach Studios in Miami, Florida, um, sometime in 1996, just before, um, you know, the album uh, was released. Um, you know, on the track, uh, originally it was just Prince, Michael B and Sonny T. Uh, but then for the album version, we also have Mr. Hayes and Tommy Barbarella. Uh, the song itself is 2 minutes 43 and joining me to talk about it today is Spencer Seams. Hello, Spencer. Hello. Now, I think in terms of like a genre, this fits within most of the stuff of Chaos and Disorder in that it's just like a rock song. Um, but it's actually, it fits into the uh, like 12 bar blues. Uh, if you follow the the chord progressions. Yeah, it, it really felt like it's kind of jarring compared to other Prince songs I've heard when I listened to this one. Because it, it was like, oh, I didn't, we never expect like blues rock from from <laughs> Prince at all. Like, yeah. It, it's still good. It's kind of like, it took a couple of lessons to like really uh, start to appreciate it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it starts like straight away with that kind of guitar riff, which you know, in all honesty, the performance that's on the Undertaker is just kind of like the intro, which is about thirty seconds, and then it turns into the the song The Undertaker. Mm. Um, but yeah, and and on this version, you have I, I don't know why, but <laughs> Prince seems to be playing a peeping tom police officer. Like that seems to be the the kind of character that he's playing, um, and he has this kind of like um, you know his voice sounds like it's it's like over a uh, like over a radio, um, and you know as the as the guitar riff plays and you, you have kind of Prince you know uh, you know playing the guitar, um, you have him saying yes, Sarge, we just received a call, we got a disturbance on Galpin, um, and then there's a brief pause and he goes all right, uh, go on check it out, and then you know we we get him go really oh geez um and i think it's interesting because obviously mm -hmm. uh you know the reference of galpin uh that refers to one of prince's homes uh okay. on galpin boulevard okay i was wondering about that because it felt very specific and if in not being a prince super fan it's kind of like i have no idea what what he's talking about <laughs> yeah it's galpin boulevard in shanhassen um and most of the stuff that was in there, most of the equipment was moved into Paisley Park when Paisley Park was finished. Um, you know, and it had like a, an acoustic purple piano set up, um, and there was a, apparently stained glass windows <laughs> that Prince had kind of built on this kind of studio that was was next to the uh, was next to the ground floor, um, and it had a twenty four track recording um, unit. And, you know, basically, kind of like all of the songs that were recorded there came, from, you know, they ended up on like Sign of the Times, the Black Album, uh, later stuff on, you know, Dream Factory, Camille, kind of unreleased albums. Um, and there was there was a few other kind of like, um, you know, um, and the house itself was um, was raised in 2005, although Prince owned the land all the way till his death. Mm. I don't know what he's planning on doing with that piece of land, but, but basically there was no there was no house or anything on it. Um, you know, for for like uh, for like thirteen years, 
but uh, you know, I I think um, you know it's it's interesting because when Prince moved into that like studio, he his previous uh-huh. home studio um, and the previous house he um, he gave to his father, um, and uh, and so you know his father moved into his old house and lived there until his death. Um, you oh. know, and and you know the Galpin Boulevard home was on a thirty-acre piece of land, um, and it had like a security gate, and basically, I mean, you can take a look at where it was on um, like Google Maps, and you all you can see is just like where the entrance was, and that's it. Like it was set so far oh. back from the road just to give Prince kind of privacy, and also I'd guess if you're recording stuff, you don't want to be uh-huh. you know in the middle of a busy city or anything, do you? You want a bit of isolation just to kind of get a good sound. Yeah. So that is what that is a reference to. But I find it strange that this police officer, who seems to be um, kind of seeing something, uh, which kind of as we get to these little police officer interludes throughout the you know throughout the song. Um, you know, you you kind of I, I guess you can kind of imagine what he's seeing, but it seems like he's outside the Galpin Boulevard house, which I find difficult to believe because that was set so far back and so secluded. You know, I yeah. I don't think you could do that, but I I mean, it, you know, it might not be that he's literally outside that property. It's just it's just maybe a little reference for Prince fans there. And we kind of get into the meat of the song, which is um, Prince telling us that well, her name is Zanalee, and I like what she do to me. <laughs> Which... yeah, when I first saw that title, I thought it was what was that Nicolas Cage weird rock thriller from the '90s with like Judge Reinhold, Clegzondely or something like that. Okay. And I thought, yeah, um, like uh, the Judge Reinhold wrote it, and it was a passion project. <laughs> okay. Where he, yeah, it's it's strange, but like I thought, Zanily was like a was like a, a a song from that weird Nick Cage movie <laughs> and then when I listened but once once I listened to it, like oh no that's just the names happen to be similar it's not um had it has nothing to do with that weird Nick Cage movie yeah I guess I mean I I you know if the second n was changed to a d then I guess you've got you've got you could have <laughs> been the um you know it could have been the the title song off off of some soundtrack for that film um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I certainly wouldn't have thought of that. But yeah, so I mean, you know, we don't. I don't know who Zanali is, and I don't think that it's a, it's ever kind of. I don't think it's ever a real person. I don't think this is Prince singing about a person. I think he's just kind of singing about a person that he finds um, to be very kind of uh, beautiful, you know. And he repeats, "Her name is Zanali, and I like what she do to me." And then he says, "She's got a sister named Fendi." And they like to do me double team, which, you know, for a song that starts out with, you know, a police officer turning up to some disturbance at a house. Uh, I think mm-hmm. this has taken a very odd turn. Um, <laughs> so I can I can only imagine that the three of them are making enough noise that they, um, you know, they have attracted the police, which yeah, I, I mean, guess I guess from Prince, that's a little bit of a humble brag. I don't know. I guess Prince. Uh... Was he known for for getting around? Uh, not really. I mean, he was known for kind of being a serial monogamist. I mean, there's a number of relationships that he had, and they tended to be, you know, he would be with someone for, you know, a year, two years, and then he would, you know, break up with that person, and he'd be with someone else for a year, two years. I don't think he was kind of known as someone who was, I don't know, a bit of a swinger. I'd like, I mean, you know, obviously he he sings a lot of kind of very sexual songs, but I, I don't think he was ever really seen as somebody... Um, who would, you know, date two sisters or something. I mean, um, I guess maybe if you wanted to stretch, maybe you could you could kind of say that this is like, um, you know, Wendy and Susanna. You know, he dated Susanna and, mm-hmm. you know, her sister was Wendy. Um, 
uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like that would be stretching a little bit to try and kind of, uh, you know, give it some meaning. Um, you know, particularly as for the next kind of part of the song, Prince sings, to get him in the mood, I give him some cherry wine. <laughs> <laughs> and then he repeats it. I mean, as if he's like, I don't know, some kind of teenager you know, paying someone to buy him booze and cherry wine is the only thing you can think of for them to get for like five bucks or something. Hmm. Um, and then he says, we play some pool and then we play some pool and they watch me bank the six and the nine. So Prince is boasting about his uh, pool playing abilities. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then he sings, watch me bank it, baby. And we kind of, we kind of go to a guitar solo. If I, if I were to say maybe like the guitar solo is, uh, representing, um, you know, uh, the disturbance in this particular case, <laughs> because then we have over the top of it, we have, um, you know, the the police officer returns and he says, "Yes, Sarge, we're outside the house now. I can see him through the window there." Um, <laughs> and he goes, uh, "What's what's it?" And you hear you hear like the Sarge say, "What's it look like?" And he goes, "Oh, I can see it. Oh, geez, look at that." <laughs> um, and then at the Sarge asks, "What's going on?" And he goes, uh, "Nothing, Sarge. Ten four. And <laughs> so basically, <laughs> it seems like he's admitting over police radio that he is basically just going to be a peeping tom um, to this yeah. kind of disturbance. And like um, the the whole uh, the line about playing pool that this that this uh, adds to like this being like a kind of like a, like a kind of a a bluesy bar song where it's like they'll play in pool to impress like you know a couple ladies and stuff that yeah and, and again it feels strange for a prince to do something like this <laughs> yeah uh yeah i i mean the thing is uh, you know chaos and disorder has a lot of kind of like rock songs the next song being called mm-hmm. i rock therefore i am which is misleading because it's mostly like a hip-hop song uh mm. yeah so uh, i mean i guess for me it's not that unusual because by this point on the album you've had at least four or five songs that are like heavily kind of rock based um, it's just unusual that this is the point in which he's chosen to do like a twelve bar blues, and, and then we kind of we kind of the song kind of breaks down a little bit. I mean, this song is not even three minutes long, but there's a lot going on, um, and you know we kind of get underneath. You kind of have this like kind of keyboard thing, uh, kind of with arpeggios and stuff. And Prince sings probably my favorite part, which is where he sings the word headline, but he sings it he sings it like this. He says, "If you want to head a line, <laughs> you got to be all that you can be." <laughs> Uh, well, if you want to head a line, you got to be all that you can be because you got a strong act to follow, and her name is Zanali. Um, and you know, obviously, in a twelve-bar blues, you kind of you get kind of like a cadence at the end for you know through the last kind of um, three bars, and that fits with the and her name is Zanali. That kind of play, that's kind of where that fits. And then you kind of get the you know the big finish, and you hear. I, I mean, I to me, it's always sounded like someone closing a like a cover on a piano. But there's like a kind of like a sound, um, and then <laughs> and then Prince says very mm. quietly, "See you tomorrow," and then you barely hear it, but he goes, "Big ass," <laughs> and I don't know who he's discussing. But then there's like a little bit of laughter, which might be Maite kind of like laughing at that. But I I don't know. It's just like a really weird ending to this song that you know has the idea of someone in a threesome with some sisters. Um, who is very successful at pool, but can only seem to afford cherry wine, who is being spied on by a police officer who is trying to call his Sarge off. Um, I, I, like, there's a lot going on for a song that's, you know, barely three minutes. Um, you know, and there's even a little bit... I mean, it sounds to me, towards the end, there's even a little bit of, like, talk box. It sounds like Prince has got... Um, if you are familiar with the song Don't Leave Me Now by uh, Blackstreet, 
Um, there's a if you see live performances of that song, um, I think it's Teddy Riley mm-hmm. has like a tube coming up from a keyboard that he puts in his mouth, and you kind of hum into mm-hmm. the tube, and then you play the keyboard, and it, it plays like you know a, a, a particular a very specific sound. Um, and it sounds towards oh well, yeah I know you're talking yeah about. and it sounds like towards the end of this song on the guitar it sounds like Prince has got a talk box in as he's kind of going pop 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 towards the end of the song I guess I mean I've given an example of Blackstreet but I guess most people would go for in high school I went to a vocational high school and I was in electronics and one person's senior project was. They made their own talk box. Yes, yeah. I guess most people would know it from Peter Frampton. Do you feel like we do? <laughs> uh, <laughs> which you know, which I guess that's where most people would know the talk box from. But you know, I most you know most recently I know it from Blackstreet using it. So, um, but yeah, so <laughs> we hear a little bit of Prince using that towards the end. I think it's that's what it sounds like to me. But I mean, it could be something else. But um, you know, on this album, Prince wasn't really doing like lots of um, you know like synth stuff. Uh, you know, you've got keyboards, mm-hmm. but they're mostly playing, you know, kind of straight piano stuff or that, you know, they're not they're not doing kind of special effects. So I, I would think if that sound is on there, it's it's probably, you know, um, Prince actually sorry using a talk box. But, you know, and I mean, like I like the song just because I mean, I, I, I've said this before on, on other episodes, but I have a certain affection for chaos mm-hmm. and disorder. Um, you know, it came out just before my birthday. So, you know, I bought the album, mm-hmm. um, you know, I listened to it over and over again, like the summer of, of like 96. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure there were other acts that were bigger in 96, but for me, you know, it was about <laughs> this album. Um, so I'm kind of used and I like as well that it has such a, a like mm-hmm. Prince plays these characters, um, you know, like the fact that he's playing like the police officer and his sergeant and like, <laughs> and you had the, the fact that you kind of have just like no, like kind of no real explanation as to exactly what's going on um you know and prince just ha- just is like well her name's Zana Lee and that's you know that's that's meant to be enough you meant to go oh okay and she's got a sister <laughs> named Fendi <laughs> so you just like okay i guess all right prince play some pool and you know drink some cherry wine yeah was cherry a recurring thing for him cuz he has a, that movie under the cherry moon uh, he does and around this time on the album um mpg exodus there's a song called cherry cherry mm-hmm. as well so mm-hmm. i don't know i mean certainly maybe at this point you know cherry wine and cherry cherry within the, within the same kind of 12 months um maybe there was something going on but other than under the cherry moon, I, he, and and kind of these brief mentions of the word cherry, I don't feel like it was really mm-hmm. a thing with Prince. Like no. I said, it just it just again sometimes we you mm-hmm. know Prince will kind of there'll be an idea that kind of gets stuck in Prince's head and he'll just kind of mention it a few times <laughs> and then and then that's yeah. it. Then he doesn't think about it ever again. So, but yeah, you know, I mean, for me personally, I would have to say uh, four out of five. Uh, I think the only reason I couldn't go five out of five on this is probably because it's a little too short for my liking. I would I would have liked at least like one more kind of verse kind of telling us a bit more about Zana Lee. You know, pretty much all we know is that she has a sister named Fendi. That's pretty much it. So I don't so I don't feel like the words you've got a hard act to follow and her name is Zana Lee. <laughs> really like it feels like overselling. It's like I don't know why she's a hard act to follow. You know, like, um, you know, if Prince had given me a little bit more detail. Uh, instead of just boasting about how good he was at playing pool, um, then maybe this could have been a 5 out of 5. I'd go a uh, 3.5 out of 5. Because, like, like the like blues, like the bluesy rock stuff kind of isn't, isn't my cup of tea usually, but this is kind of like a, a better version of it, I think. Like it has that 
that that like the Prince uh, uh, trademark on it, where it's kind of like you know, it, like Prince has that distinct sound, and Prince like turned this like uh, what I think is a, a fairly kind of a stale like uh, genre. Personally, that's my opinion, but um, like he turned it into his own like weird brand of like his style. And I wish the song was this, maybe like a minute longer. I like I wanted a little bit more. Yeah. And now it's interesting as well. You know, Prince obviously he he kind of recorded this for one project. Uh, I say recorded. He only did about forty seconds of it. Um, but obviously the idea was there. Um, and then he would play it live when he was on tour in like ninety five. Um, you know, and and ninety six. Um, and then obviously the song was released. Um, you know, the the album came out. Um, you know, 9th of July, 1996. And on that same day, Prince played uh, Dinner with Dolores and uh, Zana Lee in a live performance on uh, the Today Show um, on the, the plaza outside the GE building. Um, I'm sure you'd recognize it from the opening titles of, um, you know, uh, 30 Rock. Um, and um, <laughs> that was pretty much it. He never played the song again. After that point, I guess he was like, I'm done, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, which I think is a pity because I think that this would have been a really good addition to his, you know, I can imagine, it's, you know, people seeing it in 93, 95, not really understanding what the song is because it hadn't been released, you know, so it was just maybe something that he would kind of like jam on, you know, at a concert. And then obviously we get the final kind of release version of it. And then he, he does one performance and he's like, that's it. I'm finished. Um, you know, and that was also the final performance of Dinner with Dolores as well. He performed that. Hmm. He performed it, I think, the night before on Letterman, and then he performed it that morning, and then that was it. He never performed that song again either. So <laughs> this is Prince kind of saying goodbye to Warner Brothers, you know, by just doing the this this one kind of live performance and saying that's as much promotion as I'm going to do. I'm finished with <laughs> Warner Brothers now. No more Warner Brothers. I'm you know I'm free from all this. Um, you know, obviously that's something that we'll get into a lot hmm. more on Emancipation. Um, so, you know, obviously also goes without saying, um, no one's covered this song. <laughs> um, you know, like, I, I think it's interesting because like with, with something that's like a 12 bar blues, it's like, mm-hmm. if you cover the song, you know, what are you really covering? Like, you know, essentially the whole point of a 12 bar blues is you're meant to be able to kind of improvise anything over those chords. Um, so I, I think I said this with Peach as well, which is the last time Prince did like a 12 bar blues. It's like if you're covering the song, all you're doing is taking somebody else's kind of you know improvisation of what they put over those those kind of twelve bars, and you know you can't you can't, you know other than the kind of production, um you know like the opening guitar and you know like the kind of the little guitar solo and you know I think there's stuff like that that maybe if you were kind of like a Prince tribute band or something you might kind of do, um, but I don't feel for anyone else there's anything really to cover you know with this song. You know, if you just do a straight cover of it, uh-huh. then you know all you're doing is a twelve bar blues, <laughs> um, and, you know, and there's not a, and there's not really a lot to it. You know, there's there's like a couple of verses, and and there's not even really a chorus. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's not really much for anyone to kind of cover. So I feel like we said about as much as we can about Zanali. So let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Spencer? Um, I have a podcast called. Uh... What's the name of Joel's podcast? Um, I have a podcast called High and Low, a Kershaw podcast. Where uh, me and my friend Joel from Please Don't Send Me to Outer Space, we go through um, Kurosawa's filmography and um, other Japanese films. So it's just an excuse for us to watch like Criterion stuff, basically. And uh, we kind of go like we're just doing like a kind of like a uh, film class ish thing on like going over 
Japanese cinema in like the 20th century. And uh, if, if we're not academics, uh, so it's very casual. So it's, it, I think it's pretty accessible. And that's it. Um, yep, at High and Low Pod. You can find us on Facebook at Prince Trap by Track, or you can follow us on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you could email us, don't know why you would, at Prince Trap by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Spencer. Oh, you're welcome. And otherwise, goodbye. Thank you.